Not today, Bubba. Go get him, Bubba. Not today, Bubba. Gordy, Gordy, can I bother you for a second? Hey, folks, Big Game Bob here. Before we get the show started, let me remind you, please, don't try and be a hero at your local barbecue. Keep it easy, stick to technology, what got us here with meter. Protect your meat today with meter, the world's first truly wireless leave-in meat thermometer with a water-resistant stainless steel design. Designed with internal and external temperature sensors to ensure perfectly prepared meat for any meal. Don't mess with another man's meat, folks. Okay? If you want to be the barbecue guy, sure, be that guy. Take on the grill, but do it with the meter. You can get the meter today at meter.com. Protect your meat like Big Bob does. Stick this baby in the steak and be prepared for greatness. Not overcooked, not undercooked. Perfectly medium rare the way steak should be if you got the meter stick. Enjoy your next barbecue today. All right, folks, coming to you live here, coming to you early, coming to you often on Big Game Bob. Coming to you on your local airwaves, this is the brilliantly dumb show, folks. It really just hit that Grace Ibrahim is no longer with us. Grace Ibrahim is not behind the glass on the ones and twos. And I tell you, this, it, it really hits home right now. It really does. Folks, I, I, I think it's... I think it's safe to say that that the brilliantly dumb show is is in the market for a new producer. I I don't I don't think that is so far fetched after all. I mean, look, I'm not thrilled about that. Obviously, it was up to us. Crazy Ibrahim behind the glass on the ones and twos. She is currently packing up now as we speak, heading back to Jordan. Our job and the only thing we can control is blowing this thing up blowing this podcast up so that we can get Grace Ibrahim back to us on the ones and twos as a full-time employee. That's the goal. In the meantime, I believe it's safe to say we are in the market for a new producer of the show. The Gina, Joe Rogan's got Jamie. I had my grace. Not that I'm comparing myself to Joe Rogan. That's far from the case. But yes, in the market, let's get this thing started. We got Jerry Ferrara from Entourage Power joining us today. Before I take you over to that interview, what I do want to do is just give my take, just a quick little sports topic here. I don't know if anybody saw the Astros-Dodgers bench clear and brawl. I, I I mean, it, it is not not necessarily brawl, but in the Astros-Dodgers game, both benches cleared, and it was really quite the spectacle. Joe Kelly threw at Alex Bregman and Carlos Correa at the same game. Now, some people say that he threw at Carlos Correa. It was a curveball that he threw, so I don't know if he necessarily meant to throw at Carlos Correa. Here's what I will say, and here's what does bother me more than anything, okay? If you look at Alex Bregman, and if you look at the way that he handled Joe Kelly throwing at him, I think that's safe to say he clearly absolutely did throw at Alex Bregman. Bregman did what I would recommend all the Astros players to do, and that is just shut your mouth. And walk yourself over to first base. If you look at Bregman, it's so iconic because you could tell it's like he knew he deserved it. He wanted to go at him. He knew that the pitch was being thrown at him. 
but he knew that he deserved it 100%. And he took it, and he wore it, and he went to first base. Now, because of this coronavirus going on, 2020 MLB season is in jeopardy, the, the Astros scandal had really kind of taken a back seat. And in a way, it was really starting to fade away. But what Carlos Correa does on a pitch that wasn't even intentionally thrown at him, if you're going to throw at a guy, you're not going to do it with a curveball. What Carlos Correa did, he couldn't shut his mouth. He had to go back at Joe Kelly, both benches clear, and it was just the stupidest thing Carlos Correa could have done. Because the next thing you know, the next morning, top of the headlines in every single outlet, newspaper outlet, the Astros back as enemy number one. And that's what Carlos Correa did. He couldn't just shut his mouth and walk over to first base. He opened up a whole nother bag of worms again. Now, next thing you know, the Astros are in the headlines, and we are all reminded why we hate the Houston Astros. So, Carlos Correa, I, I, I appreciate you for that. What a stupid move on his case, because now we're talking again about how much we hate the Astros. There's no other way to shape it. It's just the, it's, That's just the case. That's just the way we're doing things right now. So just a really stupid move from him, but I, I, I kind of wanted to get that out. Another thing that I want to get out, Mike Tyson now is going to be fighting, I think he's fighting Roy Jones Jr. That just came out. Folks, look, I, I get it. I'm excited about it. I don't want to be the Debbie Downer, but but let's remember something. Mike Tyson didn't leave the game on top of his game. He was getting shredded. After the Buster Douglas fight where Mike Tyson was exposed, people wanted to get in the ring with Mike Tyson. He didn't have that fear that he once had. The reason Mike Tyson left the game is because he didn't have it anymore. So now Mike Tyson is going to fight Roy Jones Jr. And everybody wants to hype on, hop on this Mike Tyson train. I didn't see a line out yet. Folks, Bobby's lock of the day... Lock of the month, whenever that fight takes place, take Roy Jones Jr. Another guy out of the game, a much younger guy, hop off the Mike Tyson train. Everybody's going to want to put their money on Tyson. Roy Jones Jr. is your play, no doubt about it. It'd be like picking Cal Ripken Jr. for the home run derby. Cal Ripken Jr. was phenomenal 20 years ago. That's 20 years ago. You think he's going to go be putting balls out in Camden Yards now? Take Roy Jones Jr. on the money. Now, we switch our way over to Jerry Ferrara. Entourage, he was, I mean, Jerry Ferrara, he's awesome. For those of you, I, I know Entourage was one of my favorite shows growing up. We get 10 minutes with Jerry Ferrara. Now, I told Kevin Connolly, who he worked with on Entourage, Kevin Connolly, E., Jerry Ferrara, who was turtle, I said, you know, I got 10 minutes with Jerry Ferrara. I told Kevin this on the golf course. He turned around and he said, fuck that. You got more than 10 minutes with Jerry. Who does he think he is? That's the way these guys are with each other. They just ball bust with each other. It's a beautiful thing. They're such good friends, and they just love to bust each other's chops. And that's why I was excited to get Jerry on. You know, as, as you've seen, 
I've really built built a good relationship with these entourage guys, and I've wanted to get Jerry on. Um, he is promoting something right now for checks, so it kind of worked out. Uh, gave me a little bit of extra time with Jerry. We're going to take you over to that interview now. Grace Ibrahim, we miss you. Folks, this is the Brilliant Dumb Show, bringing in Jerry Ferrara now. Hello? There he is. <laughs> hey, Jerry. What? There he is, what? Mr. Jerry Ferrara. How you doing there, sir? I'm doing well. How's everybody doing today? Doing okay. Can't blame. Well, we're, we're doing okay on this end over here. Good, good. Glad hey, to Jerry, hear I just it, had a, I just had the Entourage crew on with Connolly and all them. What oh, a yeah. ball. I mean, He's you guys. Best, right? Oh, God. But the banter, what's amazing to me is the banter just ne- – it's just con- – I'm playing golf with Connolly. I said I got 10 minutes with Jerry Ferrara. He takes his tee shot. He duffs it into the left. He goes, Jerry does that. Jerry's got 15 minutes. You tell him he's got more than 10 minutes. Yeah, the banter just – it's constant. And I'm not going to lie. He's right. I do have more than 10 minutes. <laughs> I could, we could, we, he's not wrong. He's 100% not wrong. Well, I thought it was maybe just because he duffed his tee shot and was a little upset and wanted to take it out on you. Listen, um, Connolly is a gamer, right? So meaning like (laughs) even if, you know, he's been playing a lot of golf lately and he's getting a little better, but he'll find a way to win. He just will grind it out. You know, it's amazing. I made one little cheap shot about his irons that he has old irons. And next thing you know, that next day, he walks out of Roger Dunn with $2,000 irons. He got them shortened the whole nine yards. He's a total nut. Yeah, yeah. He wants to, uh, he wants to win. And, uh, <laughs> he, wants to, he wants to make sure you know he's coming to win. 100%. He's a little pit bull is what he is. He's the best, Jerry, man. let me ask you something. You know what's nuts to me? And I mean this yeah. with all honesty. It's like you don't age, man. I don't know if it's the weight that you lost. It's it looks like you're you're filming season three of Entourage. You just don't age, really. Because I, man, you know, I, now that the hair's growing out, the grays are in there, and uh, I got the I got the old guy low back pain. That's like happening. Oh, is that coming in? Oh, it in. It's in. <laughs> You know, like the noises that come from me bending over to pick something up and standing up. It's like, I always wondered why my uncle sounded like that. Now I sound the exact same way. Yeah, it's funny how it comes full circle, no? A hundred percent. Yeah, it's just like, there's just like things I used to enjoy that I could no longer do as effectively. Jerry, you look, you you look 20, I'm not going to feel bad for you. You look 23 years old still to me. It just, it doesn't age. Maybe it's the weight loss. I don't know. My mom looks young. My mom looks real young. Okay, there good, you go. Uh, I, got good, I got good genes from my mom. She looks young. Listen, Jerry, I hate to get off this interview just by getting you riled up. I really do. But I got to ask you, and I got to bring it up, okay? It would be a shame if I don't touch on it. The New York Knicks, all right? You're a, a known, devoted New York Knicks fan. How frustrated right now is Jerry Ferrara with the New York Knicks? Uh, it's, I mean, it's pretty frustrating, you know, because like every Knicks fan, all we truly want, it's not even like we're saying we want championships, which we do like any fan, but you know, we just want to get into the playoffs. And when you're a part of a rebuild, that's kind of lasting this long, you know, it certainly is tough to wake up every day as a basketball and Knicks fan and be like, okay, today's the day. But 
I am not one of those fans. And look, it's easy to talk negatively about the Knicks. That's right. very easy. Easiest um, thing to do, do right now, unfortunately. But I am never – I am – and I'll call it like I see it, but I'm also not in the – I'm not going to fully start burying the team every chance I get because then what happens is when the things do come around – and we get another year like 2013. Then I'm not going to be the guy then that lines back up and is like, I knew, oh, we deserve this. No, you don't. I deserve it because I don't jump ship. I stick with the team. Because if we get that championship, I always say a championship in New York would it was worth three anywhere else. I tell you, credit to you, though, because in all honesty, you say that you have not wavered on them yet. I have not. I'm a man of my word. I don't waver. Yes, I'm frustrated. Yes, I'm impatient. But uh, I, I'm trying to uh, just keep positive. We have a young team. We have assets. Like, we are trending in the right direction for a rebuild. I just wish that we would be a little further along in it. But uh, we got a coach now, so we'll see how it goes. And a damn good one locked in, what, four to five years? We got Tippett out now? Locked in, four to five years. He, you know, brought a lot of good things to those young baby bulls, they called them. So, yep. uh you know, defensive genius as well. So I just, you know, hopefully we can develop the young talent. Cause we do have a lot of young talent. We have a lot of draft picks, which we have not been able to say in the last couple of years. Folks stay right with us here. We just interrupt the Burnley Dumb show to let you know that we are presented by Manscaped fellas. Get that summer bond ready to rock and roll. The beaches are open. The sun is shining and the bushes must be tamed. Manscaped is here to ensure your post quarantine body is ready for the wild. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. Folks, starting now, get 20% off and free shipping using promo code BROBIBLE at manscaped.com. B R O B I B L E. Again, that's 20% off and free shipping using promo code BROBIBLE at manscaped.com. Folks, protect the nuts, protect the chest, protect your ball sack today with manscaped ears let me ask you this jerry and you you're a humble guy you're gonna think this is a little bit far-fetched i don't we're at the point right now you think jerry ferrari you think new york knicks it kind of goes hand in hand to a point spike lee obviously very frustrated maybe possibly on his way out of the garden at some point can you fill that spike lee void and possibly be that courtside guy jerry you know, uh, I, I don't think so. I, I mean, I, I could do it in the sense where, like, I have the energy and the love. No but, doubt uh, about it. I, look, I just know. So Spike Lee is one of those guys where if the Knicks do start going well, like, he has put in his time and his totally. years. So totally. he has every right to turn around if he does continue to support the Knicks and he turns things around to line up and say, I'm going to enjoy every moment of this, you know. I remember that. I remember when Spike was going on the road to Indiana for those playoff games. Iconic. Like that, I, like, I don't know if we have any fan that much in the public eye who's ever been that loyal to go into Indiana for those playoff games. So all respect to him as a Knicks fan, uh, regardless of whatever else is going on. So, Well, Jerry, you heard it here first on the Burnley Dump Show. You're on deck. If Spike does board ship, I don't think he will. But I say Jerry Ferrara, put his name on the ballot. Listen, I, you, I don't think you can fill those shoes, but all I would know is like I, I am in that category of I want to see this team succeed badly. Don't we all? Don't we all? <laughs> Jerry, let me ask you this, okay? First off, congratulations. I think you're in, you're in your rookie year of fatherhood, no? 
Uh, so he's now 15 months. So I guess I'm now okay. start, starting my second year, my sophomore year. Can't make the father. mistakes that you could make in your rookie year now. Let me just say it was a rough rookie year. I had some good <laughs> development. I had some good developmental coaching. You know, uh, the road games were tough. I was not good on the road. They always are. On, they always are as a rookie. <laughs> Played a little better at home, but uh, it's just the best. You know, it it is obviously extremely um, life changing in every single way. And uh, you know, it. I had a lot to learn. I thought I would have been a good father, but when you actually then are thrust into it, it's like I don't know what I'm doing. You that know, moment that they talk about, like when you leave the hospital. It really is like, I don't, what now, you know? It, it, from your Instagram, I, I got to look at you on the Instagram. It looks like you know what you're doing. I mean, you're holding your own. It's trial by error. It's a lot of trial. <laughs> it's a lot of, a lot of, Instagram doesn't always show the error. Good answer. That's the beauty of Instagram. Jerry, let me ask you this. Have you prepped for the day when your son grows up, okay, and you go out, and somebody calls, comes up to you and calls you turtle. Are you prepped for the day where you explain to your son why that's taken place? So what no one talks about often enough is the greatest gig in town is uncle or aunt, True. right? Like that's True. really the greatest gig. I mean, look, father That's to is both the worlds. Right. So I have, uh, I think, gosh, he's going to be 12, 12-year-old 12 nephew. Uh, so, and I, I really, and a niece as well, and I am close to both of them. So I've been out quite often at, you know, you know, parks and stuff like that with him and it's happened. Like, I even want to say he snapped a few pictures of me and a fan. <laughs> like the fan was literally like, could, could we take a picture? I'm like, why don't you selfie it? And they're like, no, no, no. Will he take it? I'm like, he's eight. Oh, but sure enough, geez. he takes a better photo than me. <laughs> right, right. But, um. I have kind of seen him look at me going like, why don't these people like come up and talk to you? At what and, age uh, can, will that come out? Will you, will you sit him down and he goes through the entourage season? It's got to come at some point, no? Oh, like when he physically watches the show? Yeah, you got to prep him because he's going to be hearing turtle, turtle, turtle and have no idea where it's coming from. I think I would give him a highly edited version, like early teens, but I, I would be controlling the fast forward skip button for sure but just to see uh also i think it's ironic you know his mom was also on entourage which is pretty cool too see i did and not know that get out yes my wife brie um in the episode where the ari character was separated and going on a date he went on a date with a younger girl yes Yes. And oddly enough, I was one of the episodes that I was part of the writing process on. So, uh, but I did not meet my wife on set. We, you had known her prior. No, no, I actually didn't meet her really and talk to her until after she shot her episode. So let me ask you something, Jerry, when that came out 2004, okay. Right after the first episode, Kevin spoke to me about how things really changed. He had done things before and you as well. You've been in TV before that. Did you notice at that point how much different things were about to be? At what point did you kind of realize, holy shit, this really has some steam? I could tell you it was not in season one because season one, we did have a lot of uh, critical acclaim. I think we got nominated for a Golden Globe right out of the gate, but it was not a... Uh, a rating success, which on any other network, I think, besides HBO, we might have been canceled just because the numbers weren't quite there. But 
I always say the lightning in the bottle that we caught that helped us was it was the dawn of the TiVo and on-demand generation. So our season one came out, critically did well, numbers-wise not so good. Then, you know, like typical HBO shows, takes a year to come back. We film the show. So right when season two starts airing, so we're shooting the end of season two while the beginning of it starts airing, it was almost like overnight at that point where it's like, whoa, we're, we're, we're getting recognized a lot more. Everyone watched the show when it was off the air and caught up and binged it. And then um, it really did blow up when season two started airing because like people were then waiting for it. You kind of, I've heard you describe as the cast, and I spoke about this with Doug as well, that you said the cast, it was kind of like the perfect storm. My question to you, by perfect storm, did you mean that in the sense of you guys' chemistry? I mean, the characters that were picked for this was so perfect. Is that what you kind of mean as far as the perfect storm, as far as you guys from a chemistry standpoint? Uh, yeah. I mean, for me, I, I, the, the whole chemistry thing is, is always the, the perfect storm, the lightning in the bottle. It's not something you could go into and say – Hey, we're gonna we're gonna cast a really good cast with chemistry. It just is. It's like sports. It's either there or it's not. And it's the same thing with like you know love interests in a movie or a TV show. Like there's either on screen romance chemistry or there's not. Doesn't mean you're a bad actor if it's not there. It's that intangible, invisible thing you can't right. see. We we had it from day one, and I think it's because we are all so different but we have like enough things in common that brought us together where we're on set for 15 hours. You know, you really get to know people. You have no uh, choice, right? You have no choice, but it was pretty instant with us. And you've even gotten a chance to talk to the guys and stuff like that. Like just, just great guys, easy to be around. And it work was fun. It was a lot of hard work, but it was fun. It's amazing to me because, you know, and like Kevin says, he's a little more rough around the edges than he, that he'll always mention. And, you know, you speak to Dylan and, and it's like, these guys, it, it is, you each had something very similar to your character. I think if anybody, you were probably the most off from who your actual character was. Would, would you agree with that as far as real life to Entourage? You know, people have said that to me. And even I think Connolly and I have had this discussion. Um, I think so. I mean, I certainly, I think um, there's always a little bit of every person in the actual character. I don't care how good of an actor you are. You have to put a little bit of yourself into it. Um, But I'm a lot more uh, like a stay at home guy. Like um, I get a little bit of anxiety and like loud clubby type place. So like I had to almost live vicariously through the character because I, I'm not like the approach. I'd never had that almost unassailable confidence to walk up to any woman and, you know, ask her if she wants a drink and all that. I, I'm just like always assuming the answer is no, you know? <laughs> so uh, he just had like uh, that whole, like one out of 10. Like if right. I ask 10 girls to dance, one of them will say yes. And then it's all right. Oh, you go home and you cry sort of thing. It's amazing. And Jerry, as we get ready to wrap up here, one more thing that I did want to just touch on. Kevin had mentioned to me that I asked if he really had the time to kind of take it all in when everything was going on. You guys were at the height. It's obviously going so fast. If he had the time to really take it in and enjoy it, he mentioned to me that he wished he enjoyed the red carpet events anymore because he said he had some anxiety with it. Do you have any of that as far as you wish you might have done something differently? Absolutely. Um, so for me, because this really was my first 
big job, uh, life-changing for sure. Um, I was always afraid, especially in the early years, that we were just going to get canceled. Like it was going to get taken away, uh, you know, because it was too good to be true. It really wasn't until the, the, the final and like eighth season and the movie for sure, where, you know, it was almost like, wow, they can't cancel us anymore at this point. Like show's over. So right. I really got to kind of relax and enjoy it because it does go by quick, even though it's, you know, eight years in a movie, it really did go by in a blink. So I just wish I would have enjoyed it a little more. Not that I didn't, but I was always afraid that the show was just going to end and I was going to have to, you know, go back to this other life that I really didn't want to go back to. So, um, but I definitely feel Connolly saying, I enjoyed the red carpet stuff, I think a little more than him, only cause just like, it just really was so cool. I just felt like I snuck into a party that I wasn't invited to. <laughs> and at any moment, the bouncer's gonna come over and be like, well, who, how'd you, who do you know? I was like, uh, awesome. I'll, I'll just go. <laughs> Hey, Jerry, I appreciate you, brother. I really do. Before we close off here, we got to let you know, Chex Mix recently relaunched the cult classic 1996 video game, Chex Quest. If that wasn't enough 90s nostalgia, today they announced the launch of a Chex Quest comic book available as a limited edition hard copy for a free digital download. Jerry, I see you more as a Call of Duty 2K guy. Do you have some skills here in the Chex Quest? So, I mean, that's the one upside about being my age. is like, I remember 1996 yeah. when this game came with like the Czech cereal box and like right. talk about knowing your consumer. I mean, I remember the days of like eating the cereal and downloading that game and just going off. And now like, of course they revamp it. They add a multiplayer to it. Cause you mentioned some of those earlier games, you gotta have a multiplayer facet. And it's just like the perfect balance of nostalgia and something to talk about. I like that like the younger generation could kind of see what we were messing with back right. in 96. And uh, it's just a lot of fun. I played one-on-one -on -one with my sister-in-law and of course she's like already kind of better than me, which was a bummer. But, uh, and then also like the comic book stuff, you know, I, you're hitting on all the 90s stuff for me, you know, and I'm going to try to get one of the physical copies, but there are free digital download games and the game's free on steam and i i dare anybody out there if you want to try me come try me come see Chex jerry ferrara come, come see me Chex quest hd you won't i mean i will All find right, a way to win much like folks our buddy the Connelly, dumb show find a way to win. you heard that first jerry ferrara come get him hey brother i really appreciate you big fan myself and you're just awesome you really are Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, we'll talk again. I'm Come sure. out to this LA. We'll get on the course and start busting Connolly's chops. Oh, that's going to happen. That's happening. <laughs> Say okay, the word, brother. Happening. You take care, all right? Have a good one. Take care. Well, folks, there you have it. Jerry Ferrara himself. I tell you, I love me a New York guy. It's just an instant bond. Jerry Ferrara's from Brooklyn, New York. I could have gone another two hours with the guy. We got to get Jerry Ferrara back on the show. No time restrictions because I was having a good time. There's a lot I had to talk with him about. He's actually the co-owner of Fat Sal's, the uh, sandwich shop. I would have liked to get into that a little bit with him. Possibly go a little Yankees talk with him. Great guy. All these entourage guys, they're just good people. They really are. The Entourage guys are welcome on the Brilliant Dumb Show anytime. We got to get Jerry Ferrara back on for a good hour. Good little time. Good guy. Folks, that is it. Episode 84. 
the brilliantly dumb show. Stay tuned because our time with Jerry, uh, not Jerry Ferrara, our time with Forrest Galante, Joey Coldcuts, and myself, Surfboard, and we should be getting that footage hopefully today or tomorrow. Again, there were drones, there were other boats with cameras, so it's a lot of video, you know, editing to put together and all that, so we should be getting that soon. I will keep you updated on when we're going to release that. That one will be an absolute doozy. Folks, you all take care now. I'm Big Game Bob, Grace Ibrahim, we miss you more than ever. You folks take care. We will see you Tuesday. Take care now, folks.